Weekly Lost Podcast, episode number 139. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo's signal. Oh, crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. <laughs> That's what you call a party in a podcast. Hold it! Stop! Do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here tonight to do our full review of Season 4, Episode 2, titled Confirmed Dead. All right. So, Stephanie, um, I'll tell you, had you had a chance to go back and watch it a second time? No. Okay. I watched it a second. Kind of had this um, person in our house who was out of town. Oh, yes. You know, somebody down in Nashville, which I had an excellent time, by the way. I know. I'm I'm glad for you. But that left me no extra time to rewatch the episode. Wonderful. Well, uh, here's the deal. (laughs) What? Somebody's read it, th- watched it three times. Yeah, a couple people have been out there. We, a party and a podcast. I love that. Uh, anyway, here's the deal. I watched it a second time with the West Coasters. And right. for those of you who are not aware of this, on uh, Thursday nights during the show, we have the chat room up and running now. And so we want... Or we try to. Or we try to, depending on our internet connectivity. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get out to the Apple store and see if they can help me troubleshoot my issues. But uh, Chris said that there's really not a whole lot they can do there to, okay. for wireless card checking. Anyway, um, here's the deal. We have the chat room open uh, live on Thursday nights during the show. We invite you to come in and chat with other listeners. We had, I think, 39, 40 people that were in the chat room. And then after that, we recorded our initial reaction podcast on TalkShoe as well. And you can always go to gspn.tv slash live if you want to participate, there's links in there to get into the live show in the chat room. Anyway, um, and then, of course, what happened is that, I guess that's 1 o'clock, in, no, 12 o'clock, midnight, I fired up the chat room again for the West Coasters. And there weren't as many people on the West Coast uh, that joined as there was on the East Coast, but it was still a lot of fun. I know Jamie and some other folks out there were uh, a part of this, so okay. we had a lot of fun. And uh, we just want to invite other people. If you want to come and join us uh, during the chat for the live show, that'd be excellent. Next up, I want to say that uh, we have some lost in the news that we must go to first. Lost in the news. All right, some lost in the news. That was a little low. I didn't. It was. Get, it was. I didn't get my my dial up there for the volume up quick enough but anyway i I think you get the point this is the lost in the news have you heard the news what's the news uh is it the news i think that it's yes i think it is i think you think that it's the news that you think it is wait a second i'm confused there's so much news in here i don't know which news you're talking about there's only one bit of news in the show notes oh i'm not looking at the show notes oh okay (laughs) maybe i should look at those well, the writer strike is over. I know. I mean, I somebody uh, broke into the PodCamp Nashville uh, during one of our breaks and announced that the writer strike was over. But from what Andrew sent over today, if you, this is all the way at the bottom of our show notes, folks. If I'm you're finding it. 
It, it just scroll all the way to the very bottom. Got it. And it says, Writer Strike is over. And this is from Andrew in Salt Lake City. And he just sent this in. And it's from... Uh, well, I don't know where it's from. He didn't He didn't give us a source on it, so I apologize to the people who originally aired this uh, information, but let's go ahead and read this. Executive producer Damon Lindelof says, Stephanie? Indeed. It would appear that we are in the end game of the strike. Um, personally, I couldn't be more psyched to be part of this union. Like any negotiation, some parts suck and some parts surpassed my wildest expectations for what we could accomplish. But most of all, I'm left with a feeling of pride. And then he says, as for lost, pending the actual lifting of the strike, which we vote on or vote for on Tuesday, I guess that would be tomorrow. tomorrow. A game plan should begin to manifest by the end of the week. All I can say is that Carlton and I and the rest of the writers have every intention of, get this, making sure you guys get more episodes this season beyond the eight already completed. How many and how they will be aired in a conse- or is, is a con- conversation we'll be having with our bosses. But as soon as we've got a plan, we'll tell the fans first. And then, uh, Stephanie, what we're hearing? Okay, what we're hearing. Um, lost actors are on standby, and the show is expected to produce more episodes this season. Fingers crossed. The bigger question is, who'll keep the Golden Thursday at 9 p.m. time slot once those Seattle Grace docs also return? How about we put Sawyer and McDreamy in a cage and let them duke it out? Because you know who'd win. Yeah, I don't know who actually wrote that article. And my apologies to the original source uh, for for us not quoting back to you. And Andrew and anybody else, if you send us a news story, uh, I, I love the fact that you did actually quote the article and still stuck that in the email. But do me a favor, always give us a source so that we can credit the appropriate author for that. Otherwise, not, not necessarily that we get in trouble, but it, you know, it really is... Uh, I mean, people spend a lot of time writing news and story and covering things, and, and we want to give them the credit where their credit is due. So, uh, again, my apologies to right, the absolutely. author of that piece for not having that information. All righty. So, how awesome is it to have the writer strike over? That That is pretty cool. I mean... That is really cool. I, now, the lost actors on standby. On standby. Stand. I have to think, okay, here, here's my thought. I have to think that episode number nine had already been underway. As The planning for episode nine had to be already underway. Maybe not completed yet. And from what I understand also, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, in the chat room, you guys feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, or call in, hit the request to talk button, and tell me if I'm wrong. But I'm just guessing that they they usually are working on more than one script at a time. Correct. So, in my way, per of, the season three bonus features, right? They said, yeah, they absolutely. have more than you know. There's always writers back in LA who are writing while they're actually in Hawaii doing shooting on at least two different episodes at a time. So, in my is that not what that bonus some, feature said? I think it was something like that. So my thinking is that they may have as many as two or even three scripts that are in the middle of being written, which could mean that if they come back and they come back by the end of this week and get right right to work, isn't it possible that they could start shooting those scripts like within the next week and a half? 
I mean, it isn't. I don't it possible? know how it all works, but I would hope that it would be possible. I mean, it, so. it would would it would almost put them back on that same kind of crazy schedule they had when they were, you know, when they had to put a you know a rerun in between. Right. And you know what? At this point, I would not mind having the eight episodes back to back, taking two uh, taking a two week you know whatever right. hiatus, and then getting an episode and taking a week hiatus and then getting another episode. I'm cool with all of that. I'm down with that, yo. Yeah, I just want a full season. <laughs> I really, I just want a full season. Yes, we we want we want all want, 16 I episodes 16 that they were planning. Promised episodes, and um, and I'll be happy. All so. right, and so uh, Troy Price is saying that Lost Away Bonnie is saying that the TV sis- season could extend into June, and that would let us get. Uh, the full ec- eight extra shows. Well, that makes sense. Yep. So yeah, because it still has to, you know, they still have to be written and filmed and um, and go through post production before they're ready to air. So absolutely. I mean, there, there's no way that they're going to be able to get in and get us an episode that would that would air. Episode nine is not going to air the week after episode eight, obviously. But um, but to finish out the season and run it through June would be fine. I, I, we I would I would not complain. And so I, this is just exciting news, and I thought I would just open up our show with that. That is that is pretty exciting news. Absolutely. So here's the deal. Typically, my idea for this full review show is that I spend at least three hours researching stuff on the internet. Okay. And as the folks know, obviously, especially those who are here live with us now, I'm surprised at how many people are here on a Monday night That's for the cool. show. That's pretty cool. And I'm wondering, is Monday night a good night for a, a law spot? No. Stephanie says no. no. Saturday night, yeah, 10 o'clock. My, my kids were not. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. But anyway, thank you folks for, for signing so, up and being with us As everyone knows, in my preparation to get here, you know, I just kind of put my kids to bed and show up. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about your three hours right i usually l- research. I, I last yeah. week i did three hours of research before the show started and i feel i felt pretty confident that we put together a very good show last week for our full review this week i literally only had an hour i i just got off the phone with uh chris we were recording the help i got a mac show and here we are now recording this one so <laughs> here we are now, with that and said, all I have is an hour's worth of content, and it's in no specific order. So we can't do character analysis. Actually, we can do a character analysis. Let's just talk about people for a minute, and we'll just pretend that we have it in our notes. Lost character analysis. All right. It was a long time ago, Stephanie. I realize that. Okay. However... Let's talk about some of the characters in Confirmed Dead as far as what we think about them. Okay. So, Jack, anything new that you think about Jack at all? Jack and Kate. No, he's just as desperate as ever to get off the island. Um, I liked that he didn't... I mean, I know that he tried to... Um, that There was a time there in the jungle um, when he was talking to the Ghostbuster guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Uh, that but, was, um, yeah, Miles. Miles. Okay, so there was a time when um, he was talking to Miles and he said, you know, you're going to give me the gun because there's two of my friends in the jungle and they have their guns pointed at your head. And he winked at Kate trying to, you know, let her know. But she didn't get it because she's Kate. And um, 
but but I liked that I liked the way that they turned it around and and Jack became somewhat in control again. Yeah. One of one of the things that I read in our forum, I did go through and read all the posts that are in our forum at gspn.tv/forum. And there's something in there regarding um, the full circle. I don't know if you've heard anything about this or not. And I'm trying to scroll through my notes here because I know I pasted it in here and now I can't find it. Uh, but it's talking about the full circle of what's going gone on with our losties. Um, do, do, do. Okay. Give me one second and I know I'll be able to find it here. Uh, right. Faraday's. Actually, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't. So... Um, goodness, how did, <laughs> this is why Cliff needs three hours, uh, folks, uh, instead uh, of just uh. one. Okay. Um, no, I don't have it. That's crazy. Okay. So let me just give you an idea give of what it idea. was. Okay. That's so for, full circle, it was the whole idea. And the thing is, I wanted, I wanted the quote so that I could say, where's the nap? Uh, it's in the forum. Uh, you know what? Why don't we go to the forum? All right, I found the post in the um, forum. Okay. And it's from Standing with Abdiel. And I want to say I'm sorry to Standing with Abdiel because last week I had said something about the fact that she wrote or something mm-hmm. like that. I called him a girl. And I apologize. Standing with Abdiel is a guy. So anyway, You should he just wrote. refer to them as they. Yes, Because they. that makes yourself very safe in that. Very cool. All right, so here we go. Uh, and by the way, thank you to uh, Rumley in the room. He had posted a, uh, they had posted in the chat room a link to what I'm looking at now. But anyway, I was reading a synopsis. Easy for me to say. I was re- just reading a synopsis summary of last night's episode, and this guy made quite a few good points. And it's from Dark UFO. He said he talks about how the Losties have come full circle. Now, let's see, that now someone is dropping in on the island and they, meaning the Losties, find themselves surrounded by people that are that are pointing guns at them. Some want to leave and some don't. Some feel like giving answers to questions while others snap at them and tell them to be quiet. Remember when Jack was standing in the field and it turned out that he was surrounded by people with guns? Now he's the one that has the opposition surrounded. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So very cool. Um, and and, and I, I like. I, I mean, that was a great point, and I'm I'm thankful that somebody wrote that in the forum. But yeah, remember when Mister Friendly and the others surrounded them? Yeah, and, absolutely. And it's like, dude, put down the gun. I've got friends out there. They're right. It, it, it was it's really like, cool. It's like you know now who's who's not trusting who? And, right. It, and it, it, it is really neat how that went full circle. Alrighty. So, anyway, anything else that you want to do in uh, character analysis? I don't know. Let's just follow through your notes and see what comes up. Yeah, let's do that. Let's forget about the character because analysis. Because it has been a while since I watched the episode. Alright, so here here's the deal. And I really, I, I feel bad to this episode. I will watch it again before I move on to, um, to number three on Thursday because watching it with the chat room up is very distracting for me, so... I can tell you lots of things that were chatted about in the chat room, but not so much about what happened in the episode. So what? maybe I'll hold on to the chat room (laughs) while you watch the episode. Right. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Steve Hartman in our forum wrote, uh, 
he wrote in to say that the or actually he emailed in to say that the correct phone number for Oceanic Airlines is 888-548-0034. And the reason why that's important to note is because in our podcast, the live initial reaction, uh, somebody had given us the wrong number. They had okay. tra- they had uh, messed up two of the numbers. So, um, and you get you get some kind of um, it's for the survivors. Yes, the, of the family, right? It is a re- it is a recording. It says right. you've reached the hotline, you know, for where we'll release news and updates. And it's the same thing that was a part of the uh, the lost experience or mm-hmm. not the the alternate reality game. Right now, directions, please. The, uh, <laughs> these these usernames uh, confused the heck out of me. But anyway, directions, please. Wrote in our forum. That eight plus eight plus eight plus five plus four plus eight plus zero plus zero plus three plus four equals forty-eight. Forty-eight. The number of the original survivors from the fuselage. That's pretty cool. Uh, and they said that um, they're not sure if this is actually significant or not. But it's which, probably not coincidence. I would say that it's probably more coincidence than anything. I'd say that it's. I wouldn't. You don't think so? Nothing on this show is coincidence. Oh, okay. Everything in the show has. I mean, it may not be significant, but I would. I would bet you that it's deliberate. That could be. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't put it past them. You know? I mean, they went through the effort to create a phone number with a recorded message from a fake airline. <laughs> You're right. Good point. Thanks. All right. Point well taken. Uh, so anyway, Greg in our forum wrote in to say, Stephanie. I'm getting there. And you have to say y'all. I don't say that word. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Remember when Dan Faraday said something? Oh, this is great. I gave you the one with the big words. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping I wouldn't get this one. (laughs) Do you want me to do it? No. Because then I can sound like the person that doesn't, is not very well educated. Excuse me. (laughs) What? No, I'm just. No. No. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Remember when Dan Faraday said something about the light? breaks differently here here's a bit of info from wikipedia about michael faraday okay in 1845 he discovered the phenomenon that he named diomagnetic thank you diamagnetism it's yeah it's that middle part that messes you up dio diamagnetism and uh, what is now called the faraday effect um the plane of polarization and Linearly polarized light. Forget it. You know what? He wrote in this really cool thing with lots of big words that stupid girls like me can't read. It's not that you do. It's, it's just a lot of big words. And and I did explain in my crazy life episode one seventy six today. Okay. That the reason why it's so difficult for us to read um, emails in our show and why we prefer uh, listener feedback. Right. It's not because we can't read. But what people don't realize is for us to be able to read and so that you can still hear us, we actually have to have our mouth right in front of our microphone. Right, so half of the thing is cut off. and It gives you a a depth perception issue when you're looking at the monitor. We have these big, huge... Black. If you now, I'm, I am not a fan of Howard Stern, but I think everybody have seen has seen Howard Stern once. Right. So if you've ever seen the big, huge black windscreen that's in front of his microphone, we have those also, and it it does kind of throw off the depth perception. It makes it hard to read. So anyway, in 1845, he discovered the phenomenon. Well, I read all that part already. Known as diamagnetism. And what is now called the Faraday effect, the plane of polarization in literally polar- polarized light propagated through a 
uh, material medium can be rotated by the application of a, an external magnetic field aligned in the propagation direction. He, Do you want me to finish? Sure. Okay, he wrote in his notebook, I have at last succeeded in illuminating a magnetic curve or line of force and in magnetizing a ray of light. This established the magnetic force and light were related. Okay. Okay, it's okay. So they're real. I got it. Okay. Well, sometimes reading it, just getting the words out is, is hard enough. And so. I don't take in what it's actually saying. Sure. Anyway, in his work on static electricity, Faraday demonstrated that the charge only resided on the exterior of a charged conductor and exterior charge had no influence on anything enclosed within a conductor. This is because the exterior charges redistribute such that the interior fields do to them cancel. This shielding effect is used in what is known as as a Faraday cage. Now, I have no idea what we just read, but it sounds really cool. And uh, I agree with somebody in the chat room that says it probably has something to do with the, why the the sky turned purple. And the whole idea of this Faraday cage having a shielding effect uh, possibly on the island also makes a lot of sense. So it's really all beyond me, but I just see that, you know, Faraday, the name was chosen for an obvious reason and obviously has some connections with what um, Michael Faraday, is that what we said? Uh, Michael Faraday had yes. had uh, kind of been talking about and studying. So anyway, that was pretty interesting stuff there. Mm-hmm. Now, Damon wrote in regarding C.S. Lewis's name being used in the episode. And of course, we had talked in our initial reaction that it might have been perhaps that um, an obvious connection could be that people w- kind of walk in through a quote-unquote wardrobe right. to get into a whole nother world and that the island is, in fact, a whole nother world. And uh, so that was the obvious first reaction of that. And then he wrote um, something else. He wrote uh, what? He wrote, uh, My first reactions upon hearing her name was a Narnian alternate universe thing, but my second thought, which I think might be better, was connected to the great divorce where people in hell get a chance to choose to go to heaven. They are taken to a place that is above hell, but heaven is still over the mountains. I thought this was better because there, there has been some talk about the island being purgatory or hell. Right. And and of course we have there has been a there has been a lot of talk about the idea that that they're all on purgatory and that they're all, you know, quote unquote dead or possibly a second chance and you know the thing is is that the writers and producers of the show they are the producers of the show have gone out of the way to say it's not purgatory. But may are, are they saying it's not unquote it is not quote unquote the catholic description of what purgatory is but could it be something that is closely related to the concept of what purgatory is so who knows could. i still or believe that smoky could it be is nanobots i mean could it just be the clear and and distinct um effort on their part to throw everyone off because they already know how this is going to end yeah, but I, I I don't understand them coming out and lying though. It, usually, I they, do. It, they don't want anybody to figure it out. <laughs> this is true. I mean, seriously, if someone figures it out and spoils it on the internet, they're screwed. 
they don't have i mean they don't have a shot left this could be i mean i I, yeah i i see where you're coming from but but i false information won't hurt anybody yeah but i think some people would be upset if it turns out this is a whole purgatory deal and then they go back, and people will just like I know I, I, I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to say no. They would lose all credibility. They would. Well, I didn't say they wouldn't lose all credibility. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right, so here I didn't say nobody wouldn't watch the next show they write and produce. <laughs> and uh, folks in the chat room are saying they hope it's not uh, purgatory. And you know what? I hope it's not too. Right. I hope it's something really cool. And and like I said, I hope that Doctor Who. I have no idea what in. I hope for the end of yeah. this. Yeah, I just I just want to see it. I mean, I just want them to answer Charlie's question from season one, episode two, where he says, where, where are, are we? we? What's this? The only reason I started watching this show. And here we are four years later, picking every episode apart. And Absolutely. all I want to know is where they are. All right. So next up in my show notes here, uh, completely randomly out of order. Uh, Jeff Roney, one of our listeners and a good friend of mine, uh, that I've come to note. What? Nothing. That was a little snicker laugh over there. It was. He he wrote in an act. He what? He wrote in an act. He wrote in an at? Act. It's supposed oh. to be asked. Yes, he wrote in an asked. No, <laughs> I'm sorry I left out my S. Sorry, I thought it was funny. Okay, well, I'm glad you thought it was funny. I got a giggle. I, 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 I tried to snicker in private, but... <laughs> You can't snicker in private in front of a microphone. I did it over here. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, Jeff Roney did write in and he act. Uh, <laughs> he act all over the... Anyway, that Okay. Moving. I wondered if you Thank have you. seen any of the Jeff at Lost Location videos at... Lost.roneyzone.com. Yes. R-O-N-E-Y-Z-O-N-E.com. Yeah, so go to lost.roneyzone.com. He has, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like nine or 12 videos. He was in Hawaii. And what he's talking about, the locations of Lost, it's not like going on to the island and seeing, you know, all that stuff. Uh, But it's mostly primarily... um, where Lost went on location in Hawaii and tra- transformed like lobbies of offices and um, just stairways that were used in flashbacks. And he goes to those locations and he does video footage of himself there. And for example, he showed this one big, huge, long staircase. And then what he does is he takes a video screen, ca- or not a video screen capture, but a, a, a clip of video from the actual Lost episode where it shows where they used it and where the where our Lost characters' flashbacks are right walking down those steps, kind of. And remember the lawyer scene with um, Jack and uh, Sarah? And they're where they're meeting with the lawyer in the little lobby area. Yeah. Anyway, he that's one of them, and okay. it even has some. It has furniture that's almost identical. That's still there. That, that re- very much resembles what you saw see in the episode. So cool. very cool stuff indeed. All right. So next up we have what? Oh yeah. So check that out. <laughs> Lost.roneyzone.com. What? Nothing. Next. Read it. Walt. In Taller. <laughs> did you notice that yeah. Walt in Taller in this? I did notice that Walt in Taller. <laughs> I'm, I'm t- I was in a rush. Go, 
giving such a hard time. Here you are. Okay, people, I have to tell you that our children are addicted to Webkins, and Clifford found a game that he can play, and it's called um, Lunchroom Letters, and it is about practicing your your typing, and he's in there typing going, I'm so cool, I'm so cool. He can't even spell Aston in. (laughs) Come on. I spelled in. I just can't spell is. Oh, you're okay. You're right. I got in down. You got in down. So Walt is is taller. Walt is taller. Well, duh. He's like three years older. I know, but they actually wrote it into the show this time. Okay. And the reason why that's important is because um, I've heard somewhere in the past, I think it was probably in one of the official Lost podcasts, where they said that they found a way to tell the story and explain Walt's growth. Okay. And so if I, we think about the whole time, travel time difference, and all of these other things, then it's very possible that Walt could be described as taller and even older Okay. coming back to the island. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Cool. All right. Sam versus Dan. Now, we were talking about... Um, I thought they were the same person. They are... Well, in the... And people said... Hey, listen, chick who doesn't follow the lost experience, they're obviously not. Well, Sam is a different guy than what Dan is in the episode. Okay. Okay. And so one of the one of the uh, things I saw in but our... But I was following the chat room at the same time. So. Right. So anyway, in the lost alternate reality game, there is this guy named Sam looking for his fiance. Or, yes, who was lost on the in, in the plane. She was one of the... Uh, Flight attendants. Oh, okay. And so, anyway, that it the whole story revolves around him. His name is Sam. Well, in the beginning, we see a flashback to Dan, and everybody in our in the gspn.tv slash forum uh, wrote in, and they were saying, you know what? I've went back and I watched it over and over and over, and at the very beginning of that scene, it sounds exactly as though she says Sam. That's what her, I thought she said to her husband. But later in that conversation, she clearly says his name again as Dan. Okay. And so the guy at the beginning of the episode is Dan, and this is a flashback to him before the island. Okay. So with that, I just wanted to point that out and clear up our my misconception of what was going on in that episode. Okay. Now, in the in the forum, once again, all this stuff is from the forum tonight because right. that's the only place I had to go. So, directions, please, wrote, Stephanie? At the end of season three, when Miles initially charged, er, at the end of season three, question mark. Okay. Okay, don't get that part. But anyway, um, maybe... He, Anyway, when Miles initially charges um, Mrs. Gardner $200 instead of $100, um, he says that he raised the price because his buddy at the police department told him that her grandson had been murdered. If you pay attention to the closet in the grandson's room, you notice there are men's shoes hanging in the closet. But the pictures and mementos around the room seem to be those of a teenager. My conclusion is that the Mrs. Gardner is that Mrs. Gardner raised her grandson. Once he reached manhood, he left. Perhaps he got married or moved out of state. But then a disruption occurred in his life. Hard times, lost his job, got a divorce, and he moved back to his grandmother's house for a while. The grandmother lives in Inglewood, and the funeral home looked like it could have been in Inglewood also. By the way, Los Angeles International Airport is in Inglewood. Anyway, I think if you know... 
who Mrs. Gardner's grandson is, you'll know who's in the coffin. Another little detail that I noticed in the room is the number 15 on the poster of the football player. All righty. And then, of course, in that same thread in the forum, Just Sue wrote, It's an interesting idea, but why would it take so long for him to be buried? Miles's visit happened when they were announcing the plane was found, but the funeral was after Jack got home and had already grown his beard. Still, if the writers made a point of placing the grandmother in Inglewood, there very well may be some connection. Right. And so. I have to say that um, if you look at the pictures that were on the wall downstairs, and there's even a picture, um, if you scroll down here in your notes, um, of the grandson. Uh-huh. He's a large boy. He yes. could have man-sized feet. This is true. Absolutely. I, I have um, five brothers. Um, four of them are very tall. And... From the time they were probably 14, they had man-sized feet. Right. So just because there's man-sized shoes hanging in the closet doesn't mean he was an adult. Absolutely. All right. So with that, of course, and uh, I mean the uh, yeah, was, I'm not the just whole trying the to whole, prove I mean, wrong. It, it, I just don't. No, we. I mean, uh, directions, please. Even say, oh, I didn't think about the time difference right. of who's in the coffin. You know, with the whole before the you know at the time the crash was announced. Why would they wait that long? So yeah. No, well, that part's not in here. Well, I know. I But she, they, (laughs) directions please, did say, (laughs) directions please did say, (laughs) leave me alone. All right. Uh, So anyway, let's move on. Cyber Tom. I think Tom's a guy. You think Tom? I think so. It might be safe to call Tom a he. All right. Cyber Tom wrote in our forum, hey. Stephanie? Hey. Uh, this is my first entry in this forum. I recently discovered the podcast. Um, and. A, and needed. Okay. He wrote and, but it's and. And needed um, a place to put forward a question that came to mind. What might be the connection between the fake crash of Oceanic 815 and the search for Ben? All right. At least two members of the team, Dan and the pilot, seem to be somehow connected to the plane crash. The pilot more obviously than Dan. Now they are members of a team that is primarily looking for Ben. An interesting question is who, person or institution, outside the island knows knows that Ben is, let's see, knows, knows. that Ben is in contact with the survivors of 815, and why does he or they choose people with connection to this flight to search for Ben. I know this question isn't very concrete, but I wondered what you think about it. Cyber Tom. Directions please wrote. Stephanie? I'm getting there. Alrighty. It definitely appears as though the um, freighter folks suspected that there may be survivors of the airplane crash on the island. How do we know that the real in quotations, um, crash is the one which occurred on the island. I have always believed the island crash was the faked one. The survivors, in my honest opinion, were placed on the island just like the others. Ben said that they had brought all the others to the island. He said that in season three, but I've forgotten which episode. In my opinion, the Losties were either brought back to life after crashing off Bali and placed on the island among fake wreckage, then fake bodies were placed on the airplane and in the water off Bali. They wouldn't have been, they would have to be real human remains because no one's going to go down there after them. 
they wouldn't have to be real human remains because no one's going to go down there after them. Or the Losties were drugged on the airplane, taken off, um, placed among a faked crash, and then brought to consciousness on the island. It wouldn't be the only time the drug method was used to get people onto the island. Anthony Cooper crashed in a car, woke up on the island. Juliet took a drug, woke up on the island. It's still impossible for me to accept having nearly 70 people fall thousands of feet and survive, no matter how magically the island is supposed to be. Magical, the island is supposed to be. I know I'm in the minority, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Ben's childhood friend's name was Annie, but I really like the thought that Charlotte is Annie. It makes a lot of sense. All right. Okay. And then Jay Watari. But one of them actually remembers falling. Okay. Jay Watari wrote in response, he says, There is a novel and a movie, by the way, by John Varley called Millennium. In it, uh, plane crash victims are removed from the planes before they crash and are replaced by fake bodies. The reason for this is that these people won't be missed in the future timeline since they were supposed to be dead anyway. I don't want to spoil the book, so I won't say why they were taken. Directions please, please wrote back again and said, "I'd it would let's see. I'd explain it the same way I'd explain the smoke monster, the movable cabin, and the black horse. Shannon seeing Walt, Hurley seeing Dave, etc. The question is how hallucinations manifested on the. Let's see how are hallucinations manifested on the island. I don't have an answer, but I'm pretty sure I'm asking the right question. There's a book by Ray Bradbury called The Martian Chronicles." which is a series of short stories about the settling of Mars by Earthlings. One of the stories, The Third Expedition, is about an Earth crew which lands on Mars and finds a world exactly like Earth of their youths. And same houses, dead... Like the Earth. Yes, the Earth of their youths. Same houses... I'm sorry, that just... Yeah. Shows that they weren't really on Earth. Right. Same houses, dead relatives and friends, even the same banners on the walls of their childhood bedrooms. It's the classic story of asking the right questions in a timely manner. It turns out that the Martians saw saw the Earth ship ship coming, read the crew's minds, ooh, I like that, and hypnotized them into thinking, believing that they'd gone back in time to Earth of long ago. Once the crew broke up and each member went off to a, se- a separate house, had dinner with their relatives, and went to sleep in their old beds, the Martians reverted from being the dead Earth relatives back to themselves and killed the Earthmen. Interesting. <laughs> Before he goes to sleep, the captain realizes that he'd been asking the wrong question all day. Instead of asking questions about how this miraculous place was created, he should have been asking how the Martians with inferior weapons might be able to get the drop on the Earthmen with superior weapons. The answer was quite simple. Use the powerful emotions and memories of the Earthmen to throw them off their guard, separate them from their ship and each other, and then kill them. Is there a character on Lost who's admitted to finding out what people are emotionally invested in and then using that information to manipulate them? Stephanie, you want to read the rest? 
I'm positive that one of the initial questions to ask about Lost is, since nearly 70 people cannot fall from the sky and survive, how did the Losties get onto this island? The only two ways that I can come up with are, number one, they died and were brought back to life. Number two, they were drugged on the flight and placed on the island among fake wreckage. Most viewers of Lost don't question having 70 people drop from the sky and live just as the Earthmen didn't question seeing dead relatives on Mars. Can I just say that I Can think... I? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Nope. You first. Nope. nope you, you first. You were talking first. I interrupted you. All I want to say is from the very beginning, I've never in my life believed that these people are survivors <laughs> of a plane crash. Not once have I ever believed that. Okay. Me neither. Because they're actors, because it's television. Okay. And in television, if they want 70 people to survive falling from the sky, then by all means, 70 people are going to survive falling from the sky. And I'm just saying that (laughs) even with this being television, I don't believe that. Okay. I I have always believed that, uh, and and somebody in the chat room saying it was actually 48. Was it 40? Wasn't 48? 48 was the fuselage. Yeah. Plus the people from. Yeah. So, so I believe there were 70. So anyway, um, yeah. So what I'm saying is that I've always believed that the crash was quote unquote planted, that it was not real. And you can go back to the very early days of this 71. Weekly Loss podcast. Is it 71? Weren't there 23 on the I think so. tail section? So anyway, um, 70-ish is fine. But anyway, I've, I've always said, even going back to the early days of our podcasting, that I've, I believed that these people, you know, they were all led to believe that, the, that this has happened or that they were brainwashed to believe that this had happened. Brainwashed is going to be very important coming up in the rest of our notes, though. All right, so, Stephanie, let's move on to... I, I just want to say that was all interesting discussion, and that's all... This is just an example of some of the stuff that's going right. on. I can. There's no way I could bring every all the discussions that are going on in our forum into this show, but I, I encourage you guys, if you're not already a part of it, uh, just go to gspn.tv slash forum. Please register so that I know you're there and introduce yourself. Beyond that, just you can just read if you want. You don't have to write, but we would love it if you would introduce yourself in the appropriate section. Now, it looks like we have somebody that's requesting to talk, and it looks like it's Emily from Ohio, and I'm going to try to hit the right button here to unmute Emily, and so with that... Emily, you're on the line with us. Go ahead. Oh, hey, how's it going? Absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. So what kind of question do you have or comment? <laughs> well, uh, Cliff, I'm a little nervous to be on here because I don't think I've ever been on one of your live shows before. Uh, I mean, I've been in the chat, but never like live. Um, but I actually, I, I actually do think that 70 people did land on the island, and um, I just think the fact Sadly, that uh, now the uh, that the plane is pretty much rigged. The plane underwater. Uh, it is not the coronary that thing where they split up in two different timelines and there was one plane underwater. Which I know was David A. Dean's theory from the Lost Community podcast in an awesome podcast called The Devil's Advocate at the Devil's Advocate dot com. And uh, yeah, <laughs> nice plug. So, so you want? So, what you're saying is that you do believe that that they that they did crash and that it's all real. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I that is a lot of people to unload from 
a uh, plane, and if you remember, there were still like 300 other bodies with them. So I, I don't know. I, I still, I mean, Desmond's plane still crashed. No, I'm sorry. Desmond's boat still crashed. Um, Frank's plane, helicopter was about to crash. I just, I just find it, sometimes I think the simplest reason is the answer, and um, I think there's so much other stuff going on that I think that potentially they just crashed and the miraculous properties of the island saved them. Jacob, aka Christian Shepherd. The, you know, Emily, thank you for that. And the only thing I could agree with you on that that could sway me is the healing property of the island. Well, Would, we've already talked about this because we've already said and agreed, good Lord, two seasons ago, that Claire's baby, Aaron, was dead in her womb and that the island healed him. Yeah, that we did say that. Do you remember saying I that? Do re- and I do, I do remember, remember Emily, thank you for saying that, because I do remember saying that the simplest works best for me. The rest just gives me a headache. <laughs> headaches are fun, though. Oh, yeah. You, you tell me headaches are fun. I've had a constant headache for a month. Not those kind of headaches. Okay. All well, right. Those are the kind of headaches it gives me. Just makes them worse because I just think about it over and over and over again. All right. Well, let's go on to the next thing. Uh, and oh, before we do, we have somebody else. We have Fred from Long Island requesting to talk. Fred, you are on the line, my friend. Go ahead. How about now? <laughs> One more time. All right. Fred is having a connection issue with his computer right now. And so, tell you what, if you get that worked out, Fred, hit the request to talk button again. We'll bring you right back in. So let's move on to the next point in the notes here in a completely random order. Directions, please. Do You get to, you can tell some of the discussion starters. Uh, you get standing with Abdiel and Directions, Please, and some other folks. They're just like constant discussion starters. So I just want to say thank you to you guys for uh, and gals. Uh, to, for, uh, thank, you for, thank you to they, <laughs> that post. Uh, anyway, never mind. That was really silly. All right. The newspaper, which Charlotte was, uh, looks at in the, what is that, Tunisia? Tunisia? means brainwashing in Liberia. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the headline said brainwashing in Liberia. I assume that the article on on that subject is inside the newspaper. There are such things as brainwashing camps for children in nations like Liberia. This fits in with Mr. Echo, who was taken by the rebels as a child and probably brainwashed by them. And there's also a connection uh, with Carl, Remember, he was brainwashed when Sawyer, Kate, and Alex rescued him in Season 3. And, of course, you know, if you do believe that these people were drugged, brought to the island, and then brainwashed, for example, Kate remembering that she... Do you remember when they showed her having the flashback and she recalled actually uh, going down in the flight? Mm-hmm. Um, she could have been brainwashed to... Experience, to remember that experience. Anyway, just thought she that was could have could have. I, I, yeah, I'm not definitely saying that is that it is what it is. I'm just saying that uh, very possible. So next up, uh, what did I just read? Uh, that was from directions, please. Okay, and I'm just trying to find out where that was. How, where are we at in here? Um, we are in. With it, what is it, standing with Abdil? Yes, and it says, "I just um, oh, 
Oh wait, that you know what? Here's the full circle, and <laughs> we were looking for it earlier. All right, so so we read that already. Yeah, so we want to thank. Oh, okay, so we're now at the point in our show where we want to say thank you to our sponsors, and our sponsors for this episode are the GSPN.TV monthly support team. And uh, we are looking for a sponsor for our show. If anybody out there knows of a sponsor uh, that would be interested in reaching literally thousands and thousands of people who are addicted to television and entertainment, uh, we have a wonderful audience of people out there that if I believe that the, the, the product or company fit, that we would be interested in talking with them. But anyway, this show is brought to you by the generous support of our gspn.tv monthly support team. And I just wanna say a special thank you to Ellen R. And she recently signed up as our 27th member of the gspn.tv monthly support team. And Ellen R. uh, signed up at the $10 per month level. And I would like to invite, if anybody would be willing to, to please consider going to gspn.tv slash donate. So with that, we'll move right along. All right, now, next thing I have are just screen captures. And for those of you who are following along with our show notes, and I'm sure that there are some new folks in the chat room that have joined us since I posted this last, here is a link to the show notes that we're looking at. And so what I want you to do is just go ahead and scroll down. I don't have any big, huge, gigantic notes for these, but I do wanna just point out that in the first screen capture we look at, we see, um, what was his name, Miles? Right mm-hmm. right before he goes in and does his Ghostbusters thing, he adjusts his uh, rearview mirror to look behind him. Now, is it me or am I the only person who, when they saw that, thought, that's Marvin Candle? It looks like, it, yeah. I mean, it mm-hmm. looks like Marvin. I didn't Mar- think that, but... It, it looks, looks like, like Marvin Candle in there. But it, I, I've seen another picture of, of Miles and looking at that, and you can tell, well, that's definitely Miles. Right, but but anyway, when I first saw, but I, when I first saw it, I thought, man, that looks like Marvin Candle, but obviously not. Next up, we see the picture of Ben. Um, we see the picture of Ben in front of uh, the, a computer, and some people were discussing, can we tell where this is? I think it's obvious that this is a picture that was taken off the island. And I would I would say that because this monitor seems to be sitting up on a platform, a white platform, if anything, I would say that he is walking through an airport, and that would be like a screening machine right there. Hmm. That's my guess. Okay. All right. I'd buy that guess because if you look at the bottom of the picture by somebody's fingers, yes, it looks like the little flaps that they have that on the conveyor belt. Yeah, where some, your bag goes through. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yep, I do. Anyway, so anyway, that that's what I'm thinking. You can tell the costume department got that outfit from the thrift store. Yes, you can. That's exactly <laughs> now that we now that we know the inside secret of where they get their costumes. Yep. and where they're shopping at. That's abs- great. Absolutely, we know their secrets now. I've been on a shelf for a while. All right, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Some poor guy in Hawaii is all blushing oh, right now. I'm just teasing. <laughs> anyway. I'm, I just think that my wife made me wear that <laughs> to dinner one night. <laughs> that does look like something a wife would make a man wear. <laughs> All right, Not so me. my husband picks out his own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I wear blue jeans every day now. Okay, so Stephanie, here is the gardener house in this next screen capture. Yep, there are a bunch of pictures on the wall. Okay, 
all of them have been nicely framed and in with those really nice mats. Mm-hmm. One of them, however, is clearly made to stand out. Do you see that on the wall? I do. Okay. Now, what it is, what it is, is it's showing a picture of a young uh, African American boy, uh, or uh, a a black boy, young man, right? And so, because uh, it wouldn't be African American if it's Nigeria, right? <laughs> so right. anyway, uh, the whole deal is that it looks very similar to the young Mister Echo. It does. It looks very similar. Now, I don't think it I don't think there's any connection there other than it does look in the background if you look at it it would appear uh well actually let's just read what comes from Lost Cubit which is the actual source of this quote and the picture. Stephanie, will you go ahead and read that or not? I'll read it. I got it. In Mrs. Gardner's house, Miles glances at several photos on the walls. But one photo stands out as being different from all the rest of them, almost looking like it could have been taken outside, like outside in Africa. The resemblance between Echo as a boy and the boy in the picture in the house is clearly very close and could be the same person. But but this raises many new questions as to why the picture of the boy who grew up in who grew up in Nigeria and never stepped foot in America, as far as we know, could end up in this lady's home. One thing is certain, the ghost boy upstairs couldn't be Echo, but could he be related to Echo somehow? Only time will tell what you think. Alrighty, and so, and then of course, moving on to our last screen capture here, um, remember in the episode where the pilot calls the 800 number or the 888 number and says, that's not so-and-so. That's right. not the pilot. And they said, what are you talking about? And he's like, he would never take off his right. wedding ring. Married his high school sweetheart at 19. Yep. So anyway, go back to the original pilot episodes and where the pilot or Weiss from Alias right. gives Jack the transceiver. The the radio. Right now he's Parkman from Heroes. Exactly, or Parkman from Heroes. But it well, no, Parkman from Heroes is Weiss. Well, Parkman's kind of growing on me if Heroes ever comes back. You think so? <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, you can see in this clearly screen capture, he's wearing a wedding. He ring. is wearing a wedding ring, and so very noticeable indeed. Yep. So. Any yes, the pilot in the pilot episode. The pilot in the pilot. All right, so there are some trivia and some recurring themes, but you you know what? We're already at fifty four minutes, and we have some listener feedback. And rather than do a separate episode this week, I do want to just go ahead and play those. So here's some listener feedback. Yes, Colonel Lock, this line secure. Line secure. Go ahead. Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Cliff. This is Hannah from Oregon. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath because I just walked up about eight flights of stairs, but... Um, I was just calling about last lost episode, which was super exciting. Um, I want to mention that in your initial reaction, you were talking about how Sam was maybe one of the four in the helicopter, and I just wanted to say that I don't think Sam was shown at any part of the episode. They mentioned the Christian, but I don't think that guy at the beginning who was upset was actually Sam. Um, 
And I was also wondering what you guys thought. I was watching this, and I realized, well, that Miles guy has this power to, you know, communicate with the dead or whatever. And the man who seems to be in charge of everything, who was instructing Naomi, mentioned that each person has their own part to play. So does this mean that the other three have some kind of special power? Um, Just my thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Very interesting. Yes, Sam is not Dan, and I think we've covered that 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 is that you are correct that that we were just mistaken there uh each person has a part to play i don't know that they each have a power but they each have techniques skill sets that their profession if you will brings to the table what do you think steph yeah i i agree with you i I don't know if they necessarily have powers but right but they have a part yeah okay Cool. I haven't given it much thought. I'm sorry. That was kind of on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's move on to our second caller of the evening. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Cliff. This is Hannah from Oregon. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath because I just... Oh, it's the same one. one. How about we go to our third caller? <laughs> Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Mardero from Oklahoma City. I'm calling with a theory for your lost podcast. One of the characters that we've heard on the satellite phone is the name Minkowski. And I think it's been talked about that this could possibly relate to Herman Minkowski. And uh, according to Wikipedia, he created and developed the geometry of numbers and used geometrical uh, methods to solve difficult problems in number theory, mathematical physics, and the theory of relativity. And it also says in 1896 he presented his geometry of numbers, a geometrical method that solves problems in number theory. And by 1907, Minkowski realized that the special theory of relativity introduced by Einstein could best be understood in a four-dimensional space, since known as Minkowski space-time, in which the time and space are not separated entities, but intermingled in a four-dimensional space-time. So when thinking about uh, how this ties into Lost, uh, of course I think about the the kind of brainwashing thing that they were subjecting Carl to, and over and over again it kept saying, only fools are enslaved by time and space. But the whole idea of a four-dimensional thing, um, or being four dimensions, kind of makes me think it might also tie into the magic box that Ben was talking about, and this magic box, uh, a box having four sides or four dimensions, and that, and that maybe that dimension is what gives them some of these weird powers that we see on the show. Now, this week we saw a new character, Charlotte Staples Lewis, which obviously ties into one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. And in the Chronicles of Narnia, we see these children coming in and out of their world into another world without any type of time seeming uh, to have elapsed at all. So no matter how long they were in Narnia, um, no time at all elapsed in their time. And I think this could tie into uh, Walt. Walt seemed like he was older to us last season, and Locke made mention of it this week, that he was taller or perhaps that he was older. And so perhaps Walt is now back in his regular world or his regular dimension where this island is in a different dimension where time doesn't pass quite the same way. And so that would explain why he's aged in a different way uh, than those who are on the island. So that's my theory. I hope it made sense. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. It's an interesting theory. Alrighty. I'm not even going to pretend that I have anything additional to add to that. It was just good stuff. <laughs> I'm not even going <laughs> to pretend to understand it. All right. And so <laughs> thank you, Mardaryl, who happens to be in here with us live tonight. Yeah. So I mean, it's nothing against him. I just no, don't. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things that makes your head spin, right, Steph? 
It doesn't make it spin. It just makes it stop. <laughs> stop. All right. Here's our next caller. Hi, Cliff. This is Bill from Miami calling about Lost. Uh, oh, this is as far as uh, your sci-fi connection, you're missing it, Cliff. Uh, what appears to be happening is that the uh, when Desmond didn't turn the key, he tore a hole in space. That that 815 that you're sitting from came from an alternate reality. In that alternate reality, that 815 was piloted by Frank. Cassette didn't trade places with him. That's why there's no ring on the finger of the pilot when they find it. That's also Frank looking at himself when he's looking at the pilot on the, on the TV. And he's actually looking at himself without even realizing it. But that's a little bit of a theory there, but it fits uh, the facts a little bit better than uh, that they got a whole plane and stuck under there. Well, I tell you what, rather than play the rest of the comic, because the, the audio quality was a little off. But, um, yeah, I, I, that's very interesting, the whole alternate reality and the fact that he could be looking at himself. I don't know. I, I believe that there's – personally, I feel that that whole um, plane, the, the stuff that was being shown on television was all fake and that was probably in some kind of, like, Hollywood – uh, stage where it's one of those underground tanks and it was all made up. That that was not a real airplane. So, I don't know. But, I mean, still, you know, hey, this is a place where, this is a show where you can have all kinds of theories and uh, nobody's going to look down on you for having those. No, absolutely not. So, here's our next caller. What's up, guys? This is Andrew from Salt Lake City, Utah. I was just letting you know that Via Domus, which means The Way Home, is the new Lost video game that's coming out on the PC, the Xbox 360, and the PS3, and that'll be out February 27th. They did, an, uh, some girls called the Frag Dolls did an interview with the creators of the game. You think you can YouTube it, just look up Frag Dolls Lost Interview. Um, it's about eight minutes, and it talks about like who acted in the game and, and what angles of the, of the game you're gonna be able to see. Um, there won't be any, they didn't want you to buy the game to get clues. They wanted you to buy the game to play the game to see what what's how accidents happened and stuff. On your point of view, you play a character named Sam Elliott who has amnesia and doesn't know who he is. So it's a total new character. You get to see the plane wreck, everything. There's trailers out there you guys can find. I think it's lostgame.com or something. But um, I recommend getting it. I have an Xbox 360, so I'm really excited. I'm also excited that ABC now allows me to download Lost episodes in HD all the way back to season one for two bucks, two two fifty, three fifty an episode. Depends on what HD quality you want, four eighty or seven twenty. So I just thought I'd say that. Anyways, good show, you guys rock. Uh, can't wait for the episode this week. Talk to you guys later. Bye. That's awesome. I didn't know ABC was letting you download the HD versions all the way back to season one. Now, really, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. How awesome is that? Of course, I don't mind just watching them on streaming. So, anyway, here is another caller. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Cliff. This is Harv in California. Uh, I guess my screen name in the chat room is Hey Bulldog. Um, you know, one He's thing that has been driving me here. crazy so far, the first two episodes this season this. is that every, well, not everyone, but a lot of these podcasts and these forums, people are whining and complaining about all these little things that um, 
that we just have to wait and see how they play out. I mean, remember last year when Paulo uh, you know, came out of the hatch and flushed the toilet? Everyone thought that was such a lame scene. But later on, we found out why, and it all makes sense. But everyone is, I don't know, if you keep that in mind, maybe when you're watching it this time around is, is just know that some of the stuff that we're all guessing on and theorizing on, just wait. <laughs> it drives me crazy. I mean, people are, and then the theories are, you know, they're always going to be way out there, but, you know, people are questioning stuff. Well, why did Hurley go with Locke, but then he gets off the out? And just wait. People, be patient. And anyway, enjoying your podcast. Um, I'm actually turning off others because I'm finding that uh, they're just not as interesting or as entertaining. Uh, I'll listen to the live show, and I hope you guys have a great night. We're, we're laughing, Harv, because we're just trying to figure out how we're more interesting and entertaining than other people. That's funny. Oh, man. I, Thank I'm you, I'm with Harv. him, though. Yeah? I, people are, we're only two episodes in, and they're picking it to pieces, and all yep. this gets on my nerves, and why haven't they done this, and why haven't they done that, when the simple fact is, is they already told you that, yes, you're getting eight episodes right up front, but sit back and relax, because all of the answers are in the last eight. Yes, they did. They did say that, and and that's exactly. I mean, and, and it's really it really is the reason why I didn't even bring up that screen capture when Jack and Hurley are in the gymnasium, and there's quote unquote three frames where it appeared that somebody was up in the balcony behind the basketball court. It, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, now I will say, Harv. I, I, what's funny is I'm a little guilty of of taking little things and and harping on them and letting them go and theorizing crazy stuff and having fun with it. But you know what? Um, We're just here to have fun. And I agree with you. We do need to just sit back and watch and enjoy. But, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to lose the enjoyment of the opportunity to just kind of make a guess at it. Because I think there are going to be some people out there. I, I believe that there are some people out there that have already picked up and guessed some of the major elements of the answer to all of this. And the fact that they've shared it and it's in podcast form, meaning that it's been archived and people can go back, they can actually at the end say, hey, remember when I called back in episode number 37 and I said this? Aha, I was right. And when we find out that Cindy was an other, I am going to go do that victory dance in front of Rem in Canada. For it. Sorry, Rem. (laughs) can't dance (laughs) i cannot dance white man can't dance all right so anyway we have two more calls but they're from the same person i'm just gonna play one of them okay hey Chris, stephanie this is troy calling also from kentucky uh on episode number two the thing i thought that bothered me the most was when uh, the ghostbuster guy tried to call to the ship and the guy wouldn't take his call i was curious why that would have been and after a few days of thinking of it I think I potentially have a theory that accounts for that. I believe the four of them that are on the island right now uh, were frankly, uh, they're expendable. They were sent to the island because they have special knowledge either about the Dharma Initiative or uh, the existence of the island in general. We know that from two of the flashbacks. You know, Charlotte with the polar bear, she was aware of Dharma by seeing the Dharma caller and maybe knew more information along the way. Also, of course, our pilot, um, he uh, knew that the cover, there were issues with the cover-up. So maybe they selected him, those two, and we're going to find out about the other two, how they have a strange connection uh, in future episodes. And uh, by George, they don't care or necessarily want them to come back. 
Uh, I had another thought about how Benjamin Linus, what he was doing off the island. I'll call back shortly with that. Hold just a second. Should we play the, since he, he mentioned it, might as well. It's it's only 53 seconds. So here we go. Hi, Cliff Stephanie. This is Troy calling back again. Uh, the, I think Ben would have gone off the island, A, for recruiting, to get lots of the people that are on the island now on there. But also, I would imagine someone from the Dharma Initiative would have had to make contact with off-island people to secure food drops and things like that, other supplies. You know, we have that outstanding issue of how the food drops are continuing to happen. That was because a person from the Dharma Initiative, Ben, you know, was saying, hey, things are fine and dandy. Keep the stuff coming. Um, So there's the thought for that, that maybe the Dharma Initiative is still functioning financially, at least off the island, and Ben is, you know, covering himself to make sure that supplies are continuing to come. Have a great week. Enjoy the show. Bye. All right. Thank you. I don't you. know. Ben's the leader. Why can't he delegate that? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Unless he's a control freak. Well, we know he's a control freak, but we also know that people believed everything he said because the girls in the looking glass believed that it was for the better good that they didn't communicate with anyone yep. in the camp. And the people in the camp thought that the looking glass was flooded. Yep, so, absolutely. And that those two girls were dead. So Something just reminds me that Ben might be a liar. Might be a liar. But I was I was giggling in the beginning because he says Troy Price, um, also from Kentucky, the only state in um, the tri-state that Cliff can't remember. <laughs> Did he say that? No, he didn't. Right. But that's what I thought of when he said that. <laughs> that was funny when I couldn't think of the third state in the tri-state. That was sad. I'm like, let's see, there's Indiana, Ohio, and... Uh, Duh. Uh, Kentucky. <laughs> that was that was classic. That was like a party in a podcast right there. That was classic. All right. So if you guys are uh, ready, we are going to play Bonnie Koval from Lost.About.com. She's going to give us a preview, a preview of what's coming up in the next episode. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and play it now. This isn't what was supposed to happen. It's going to happen. You don't want to know what was supposed to happen. I know. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You know what? find out don't you want to know this is lost away bonnie from lost.about.com with this week's lost preview the next episode is called the economist and will be on this thursday at 9 p.m on abc abc's synopsis reads Locke's hostage may be the key to getting off the island so saeed and kate go in search of their fellow castaways in an attempt to negotiate a peaceful deal Okay, so we met the people who made up the strange group of four who Naomi was supposed to protect while they got on the island to do whatever it was that they needed to do and then get off. But that didn't exactly happen thanks to Locke, who killed Naomi on orders from a taller ghost Walt, who Locke seems to think was real. We'll get more on those four characters. There's Daniel the Headcase, Miles the Ghostbuster, Charlotte the Anthropologist, and Frank the Pilot. And of these characters, I find Charlotte the most interesting. How did she know to look for the Dharma caller? Also in this episode will be Naomi. I'm assuming in another flashback, or perhaps they are giving Marsha Thomason credit for playing a corpse. The episode will focus on Saeed, and we'll see what happens to him as the fourth member of the Oceanic Six. For more information, read my The Economist guide and preview. This is Lost Away Bonnie Koval for Lost.About.com. Did she just give us a spoiler in there? Not if it's just an ABC synopsis. Oh, man. And Rumley asked if that was going to be spoilerific. Maybe she's but then, wrong. No, I thought that the preview... 
alluded to the fact. Oh, did it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, Rumley, if if that was spoilerific. Um, I obviously I don't know anything about what's coming up on Lost, so uh, I guess we'll find out. And if and if she's right, then I will feel really bad. But anyway, uh, let's see here. Anyway, uh, I, Stephanie, that's it. That's our show. Sweet. You didn't go too bad for just having one hour. It was a little kind of just all over the place, but you know, it wasn't bad. Next week, I will have my three hours, though. Okay. That's it? That's it? Just okay. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's kind of... That's just it. Okay. All right, folks. Thank you for uh, joining us for the Weekly Lost Podcast. We'll be back Wednesday night here on TalkShoe.com where you can join us live in the chat room. And until next time, we invite you to go to gspn.tv and join the community by myself. Stephanie? Stay lost. Oh, that's right. Stay lost. (laughs) (laughs) Want to help support this show? Visit gspn.tv slash donate today.